This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are wonderful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. On today's show, I sit down with Craig Ballantyne. Craig Ballantyne is a productivity and success transformation coach from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and the author of The Perfect Day Formula, How to Own the Day and Control Your Life. He's been contributing to Men's Health Magazine since 2000, and in 2001, Craig created the popular home workout program, Turbulence Training. On his journey to success, Craig had to overcome crippling anxiety attacks, and he beat them with his five pillars of transformation. Today, Craig shows men and women how to use the five pillars to lose 10 to 75 pounds and get a raise and make more money, find the love of their life, and overcome any obstacle in the way of success. You can read his daily essays on success, productivity, and fitness at earlytorise.com. Craig is one of the best in the world at biohacking productivity and stacking daily habits that help you optimize your physical, mental performance, and just get more done. So if you've ever struggled with implementing new habits or you do something for a few weeks and then find yourself dropping off, the strategies that we discuss in today's interview could be exactly what you need to make some of these things more a part of your lifelong success. We discuss the highest leverage daily habits for optimizing performance, things that everyone should be doing, whether you're man or woman, young or old, if you want to look, feel, and perform your best, and how to troubleshoot some of the common roadblocks that can keep us stuck or derail us from the success that comes with having an optimal daily routine. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Craig Ballantyne. Hey everyone, I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. I'm curious, you know, what, what were you like growing up? Were you always, I mean, I consider you to be one of, if not the most productive, efficient people when it comes to time management and just getting stuff done. Were you, were you, is this like part of your DNA hard coding? Were you always this way? I would say that I did, I mean, I did uh, some homework in high school and for, for, you know, for someone in the 1990s to have done homework in high school, uh, (laughs) there certainly is setting them apart because I, none of my friends did homework in high school. Now I think all kids do homework. It sounds like, but I did do homework in high school. Um, before that I used, you know, when I was in grade school, I used to read a lot and I grew up on a farm with three television channels, which is hard to believe in the 1980s. But I didn't really, I mean, I got bored. I had nothing to do. So I would either play sports outside in this like crazy imaginative zone of me playing, uh, you know, hockey and I'd be out there for two hours by myself playing hockey or baseball. I I just make up games. Um, And then in the wintertime when it was too cold to go outside, I would just read all the time and and learn. And so that's how, I don't know if that uh, was part of it or what, but um, I wasn't always a wake-up-early person, that's for sure. Uh, when I was in grade school, I got up as late as I could. In high school, I liked to sleep in. 
And I did, I did generally go to bed early though. Like in high school, I was in bed by like nine 30 or 10. I was just exhausted. Um, and then in college, in college, I knew that I wanted to get up early. I just didn't, uh, because obviously nobody did, but I, I knew, and I appreciated, um, there were certain times of the year where I, I, uh, like we had hockey in the wintertime and some, and we had to play the games before eight o'clock. And when you're in college and you're playing hockey at seven or eight in the morning, I mean, that's like super duper early, right? Cause no one gets up anywhere near that time. And I just realized how much I loved being up at that time, but obviously I didn't love how tired I was. And then, so when I got into the real world, I just eventually couldn't fight it anymore and realized that I was getting all my greatest ideas first thing in the morning. Um, I was able to write down articles and create plans so much better first thing in the morning. And so, you know, I just knew that if I wanted to be successful, I had to be an early morning person and structured uh, because there was so much I want to do. There's so many people that I want to help and there are so many projects and people to connect and you know, you got to be very efficient with your time if you're going to do that. And so that re- is reflected in the workouts that I've created over the years and also in the life and the work day that I've created over the years. Have you seen these James Swanwick? I was doing a, a podcast with him the other day and he turned me on to these shower notes where if you get good ideas in the shower, you grab one of these waterproof notes and you write it down so that you don't forget it. People have bought me those. Um, my my favorite one of my uh, favorite team members here bought me that for Secret Santa a couple of years ago. I'll be honest, I hadn't used it, but I know exactly why people have them because it's actually scientific too, because most people get their good ideas when they are not doing work-related activities because that's when your frontal lobe is able to kind of, I would almost say, relax. And so for me, I get my best ideas when I walk my dog in a park and then I have to, I basically have to come up with this, these mnemonics basically of like, you know, three big ideas that I won't forget. So I, you know, I'm coming up with these ways to remember my big ideas for the rest of the 20 minute walk home. Uh, but it also happens in the shower because we're away from our, our workplaces or it happens when you're washing the dishes and you come up with big ideas like, you know, Newton sitting in underneath the apple tree and the apple falls on his head, right? Um, he gets this big idea away from his workspace and so I've never used the thing in the shower, but I know that I've had million dollar ideas in the shower and not been able to get to a desk and write them down before I forgot them. They're slippery. <laughs> Some people have called them slippery little fish. And I think that's an amazing way to describe the ideas that we get when we're just not able to write them down. Oh, that's, that's such a perfect visual metaphor. Um, yeah. And, and I found I have that a lot right when I'm about to fall asleep as well. And it's, it's that point where you feel like you're for sure going to remember it in the morning. It's too good of an idea to possibly forget. But if you don't write it down, it never seems to be there in the morning. Right. I've gone to bed too. It's like, oh yeah, just remember that in the morning. Remember these two words. Yeah. I wake up and I don't even remember trying to remember the two words, let alone the two words. So you're right. But um, recently I've actually woken up in the middle of the night with email subject lines and actually have, have used a couple of them. So maybe I'm getting better at it, but the stuff that uh, I try and remember before I go to sleep, it never happens. <laughs> That's great. Do you set any intentions before you go to bed to, to have your subconscious mind working during that period of time while you're sleeping? Yeah, I actually have that on my to-do list, plan subconscious, and I'm not joking. So at the end of the day, I do a couple of things. I do the, 
I don't know if you're familiar with James Altucherry is this uh, 10 big idea thing where you just basically write down 10 big ideas for your own business or for somebody else or for connections. So I do that. I write down 10 big ideas for my business. Um, and then I plan my subconscious. I just say, brain, I know you don't want to do anything tonight, but I need you to do me a favor and write this article for me. Um, and sometimes it does. And that's why I write first thing in the morning. And because I, I really do believe my subconscious does some work overnight. And so I, I take advantage of it. And I don't know, have you ever heard the story about how Napoleon Hill came up with the idea of the name of his book? The, the Think and Grow Rich book? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have, no. Okay, so Dan Kennedy told me this, and I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate, but it makes for a great story. So let's just assume that it is. And so it's three or four hours before the deadline for Napoleon Hill to submit the title of his book. And the working title of the book at this point is Use Your Noodle to Get the Boodle. <laughs> I, right, so. I had heard that was a working title, which I couldn't oh, believe. Yeah? Okay. Just, so, just, yeah, just that. It, 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 brutal. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, would we be talking about the book if that was the name, right? So, so that's it. And then he goes and has a nap. So instead of like sitting there at his desk and thinking and thinking and thinking, uh, Kennedy says that, Napoleon Hill goes and has a nap and he wakes up from the nap and in his mind is the book called Think, the title Think and Grow Rich and the rest is history. So that is the power of the subconscious mind. Um, Kennedy was telling that story with the purpose of getting people to work intentionally with their subconscious mind. And so uh, I always remember that. And, I, and again, Dan Kennedy's taught me a lot about uh, the power of the subconscious mind, and I believe in it. And going back to your question, I absolutely do make an effort to try and program my brain to do the work for me. Very cool. Um, yeah, with the one of the, the copywriter that helped me clean up the book, Everett Farnell, he he told me that Think and Grow Rich started as a sales letter for his. I think it's the Sixteen Laws of Success, or I, I may be butchering that, but a much longer, um, more text heavy book. Have you heard that as well? Um, well, first of all, I will say that's the first time I've heard Everett's name in a long time, but, uh, cause I've used to be in a couple of Dan Kennedy coaching programs with him and, and uh, it's great to hear that he's doing well and, and, you know, connecting with guys like you. So very cool. Uh, say hello to him for me. Awesome. Uh, and, then, and then all that I understand about uh, Think and Grow Rich is that it is a sales letter for something, you know, whether it's for the ideas or whether it, it was for a program, but essentially it was written as a sales letter for something and he used the 16 or 17 principles to do so. So yeah, I've heard that before. One of the, one of the things that I really like about your system is that you find a way to blend the more esoteric stuff like visualization and, and segment intending, um, kind of seeing the way that you want things to unfold, incorporating, in, integrating your, uh, getting your subconscious mind on board with the fact that we need to do the work. And I think a lot of people got off track with movies like The Secret where they, they felt like they could sit around on their couch all day dreaming about Ferraris and, and suddenly a Ferrari was going to show up in their driveway. Um, Not only in their driveway, uh, Anthony, but also find them parking spaces at the mall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where, like, how, I'm trying to think of the best, the best way to, to phrase this, you, you, you well, you don't even need to ask the question because I can tell you a good story here. Please, please do. <laughs> okay, so 
I mean, I was a skeptical viewer of The Secret. I'm like you probably were. Yeah, you know, sit around and checks are going to show up in your mailbox and blah, blah, blah. It's called coincidence, buddy. It's not called attraction. But, you know, so I was super uh, skeptical of it. The one thing that did stick out in that movie was the John Asaraf scene where he has the vision board with the house on it. And now he's living in the house. And I actually heard more of the story. Like, you wonder, like, why didn't he know he was living in that house? But he actually, you know, put away that vision board in an old box and he moved and he moved and he moved. And then he opened it up again after he moved several times. And so um, I thought that was pretty neat. And But I was still skeptical. But then I actually went and had my own version of the law of attraction happen to me in life. And and so I, I tell the story in the book, uh, but I wouldn't mind. If, can I tell it right now again? Please, please do. I hired uh, Tom Venuto as my business coach. And on the very first coaching call, the very first question he asked me was, Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? And so in 2006, I was just running my turbulence training program, the fitness business. But I was a big fan of the website earlytorise.com. And I said to, to Tom, I would love to have a business like Early to Rise because I love how they help people improve their health, wealth, and, and wisdom and talk about books and investing and all this great stuff because it's a holistic approach to success. And I really wanted to do that. And you know that was it for the conversation. Then we went and worked on product launch and all that sort of good stuff. And, and from there, I went and joined mastermind groups. The next year, I joined Yonix Mastermind Group. I met my future business partner, Matt Smith, at a, in Yonix Mastermind Group. I went to seminars. I started coaching other people on how to do what I did. Um, I wrote articles. I did this, that, and the other thing. And then in 2010, Matt Smith and I were having a conversation, and I kind of reiterated the same idea that I wanted to have a business like Early to Rise. And then six months later, after that conversation, Matt was at a seminar with Mark Ford, the owner of Early to Rise. And Mark Ford said, you know, Matt, I'm not really interested in running this business anymore. I'm going to you know, sell it. And Matt said, hey, I know a guy who would love it. And it was five years, three months, and 17 days after that first conversation with Tom Benuto that I actually was able to buy Early to Rise. And so it's, you know, it's almost a law of attraction type story, except I changed one word, and that's the law of action attraction, because I had to go out there. I had to meet all these people. I had to learn how to become a better writer. I had to tell people about my goal in life and have them go out and you know, make connections for me. But by doing all of that, I achieved exactly what I wanted. Now, I was three months and 17 days late on the five-year goal. But aside from that, um, it was exactly what I wanted. In fact, it was more than in what I wanted because I wanted a business that was just like Early to Rise. And I actually bought the exact business. So that's the, that's the story for me as to how this stuff, this esoteric type stuff, you know, that sounds kind of woo-woo, this visioning stuff, actually does help you achieve exactly what you want when you put it into action. Uh, that, that's an incredible story. I've, I've, I've become a believer as well, and I've, I've started paying attention to the time lag between setting an intention and, um, and visualizing the manifestation of, of that intention and how long it takes uh, in order for it to occur. Um, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty impressive goal to achieve in five years. How do you, how do you balance, find balance between meditation, visualizing, planning out the things you're going to get done and 
having it and, and where some people spend all their time doing those things and not enough time actually doing the work. Where's where's the sweet spot between those two? Well, there's something that I think everybody has, which is called magic time, which is the time of day when they're three times more productive than any other time of day. So, for example, let's say at two o'clock in the afternoon, you just feel like you can write or you can, you know, uh, do sales calls better than any other time of the day. And so you need to block off that time and implement. And so I'm an implementer first thing in the morning. That's my magic time. And I get a ton of work done. And then I'm able to go into my meditation, which doesn't take a long time. I mean, if, if I do 10 minutes, that's fine. I like to do 20 minutes. And then I think at the end of the day, I sit there and do my big thinking at the end of the day. And and that's a great way for me to wind down because I try and avoid electronics later on in the day because that impairs your sleep. So I'll do that as the final thing, um, you know, after I've had dinner and socialized and, and done some good stuff, just again to wind down. And so you need to have that thinking time, you need to have that planning time, you need to have that action time in your life. And it really just comes down to scripting and scheduling your day out and knowing the best time to do each one of those activities. And that comes from simply doing a time journal, just like you know, people who want to lose weight and eat better need to use a food journal to figure out where their problems are and, and where they're able to eat right and you know, which foods allow them to have more energy and feel full longer. You need to know that information. And when you know that information about how you use your time, you know, where you're really good at using your time and where you struggle to stay on track, then you're actually able to better plan your days and you have a nice little template for your day like this is my implementation time this is my thinking time and then on the night before that you just implement the uh, or uh, put in the specifics so tomorrow I'm going to work in my implementation time on this number one project and then in my thinking time I'm going to think about this problem and away you go and you have really dialed in your days for maximum results where do you see people getting in their own way most frequently? Uh, being reactive. So you have to be a proactive person to be successful. And what that means is the reactive person hits snooze. So they sleep in a little bit and then they're a little bit late for breakfast. They're a little bit late to get into traffic. And so they end up sitting in traffic longer than they expected. They show up just on time for work. Uh, so they're already under the gun. They go right into their email and they're putting out fires and if you go about this approach to the day, you never end up getting progress on your number one priority. And so at five o'clock or whatever time you quit, you sit there and you go, oh my gosh, I've been so busy today. I haven't had time to breathe or think or do anything. Barely had time to go out and get a crappy lunch that made me really tired. And you know, I, I worked so hard today, but I've got nothing done, nothing accomplished. And so people are active, but not you know, making accomplishment. And so that is where people go wrong. They don't plan ahead. Now, all it takes is a few minutes at night to plan ahead on that template that I just mentioned before. You know, implement your specifics into your general template for how you're going to be an amazingly productive person the next day. Like you and I were talking about Russell using my system to get up and work on his funnels first thing in the morning. And he gets more work done uh, before most people start the day. Than most, than most people get done in the day. And it's amazing just by being proactive how you can be more successful in life. And so when you take that approach, 
You're not going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're not going to you know, waste your days. You're going to have more freedom because you're going to be done on time and able to get home and spend time with your family rather than working overtime or checking your phone all night long uh, for emails. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of, one of the problems, the challenges that I was having for a while was hitting snooze, like you mentioned. And I found when I just set the intention before closing my eyes to go to sleep, that, that I wasn't going to hit snooze and, and just took a second to think about it and actually saw myself alarm goes off. I hop out of bed and I get moving. That was all it took. Absolutely. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can do it. Um, depending on how, uh, you know, uh, accepting your spouse or partner is going to be about, you know, leaving the alarm across the room or getting one of those, uh, alarm clocks that's, the you know the light that just gradually increases the light in your room so it's not a, a buzzy alarm clock but it's a natural light uh, that's a great alarm that a lot of people are using these days to wake up naturally and therefore not hitting the snooze button um, so you can find a way to do it and get out of bed right away and get into your day because the, the another reason you don't want to hit snooze aside from getting up late is because it actually makes you more tired in most cases because it gets you back into the sleep cycle and then you interrupt the sleep cycle. And when you interrupt your sleep cycles, you actually end up fatigued and groggy. And so snoozing really doesn't do that much for anybody. If you think you're going to hit snooze, just set your alarm later and don't you know interrupt your sleep pattern multiple times. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm interested. Do you nap? Not as much as I should um, or, uh, you know, according to research and scheduling, I, I do get seven hours of sleep on average. I, I don't necessarily get seven hours every night. I'll, I usually kind of get like one night of six where I don't sleep amazing and then, you know, I'll come home and just sleep the next night eight hours really solidly. So I probably can improve my sleep hygiene, sleep habits a little bit. Um, but then over the course of the day, I, I tend not to nap. Although I do enjoy one when I get it. <laughs> For sure. What are, what are some things that you have as a part of your daily routine that make you uncomfortable or that are, are designed to improve something that you consider one of your weak points? Uh, certainly any interactions with other people face to face. I try and have a difficult conversation every day. As uh, I, you know, my personality, I'm an introverted person. I would love to just send off an email and you know, fix all the problems in the world. But I've learned over time that nothing beats sitting down and hashing it out face to face because there is miscommunication in email. There's misunderstanding of tonality and, uh, you know, the way if you don't put an exclamation point, you know, people think that you're on a downward inflection in the sentence. And so you just have to have the conversations. And so I'm not a, a big talker, but again, it comes down to having those conversations, you know, looking somebody in the eye, asking sincere questions, caring, listening, not checking your phone while you're having the conversation and, you know, getting to the heart of the matter because it'll save you so much time over the long run. You think you might save yourself time with an email, but in most cases it, it leads to a problem that eventually needs to have a conversation about anyways. So for me personally, it's having more conversations whether it's by phone or in person, uh, as much as possible to become a better communicator. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One of, one of the things that I know you, you've dealt with in the past and I have as well is um, anxiety. 
And for a lot of my life, that was something that I kept to myself. I didn't share with other people because I was embarrassed of it. And it wasn't until I started working with people and, and their health that I saw how many health assessments came back with these off the chart scores in the anxiety, depression and cognitive category. What are some things that you've done to, um, to, to help improve that area of your life? Um, well, I've gone to the emergency room and said I was having a heart attack twice. How does that work? Uh, I, I don't. Rec- I hopefully nobody has to go and do that. But uh, it got so bad for me twice that I had to do that. Now at the same time, I was I was you know looking under every rock to overcome this because it was it was crippling me. It was physically stopping me from exercising properly. It was stopping me from thinking. It was stopping me from sleeping. And so I tried yoga, meditation, qigong, tai chi. Uh, you know, I bought a dog because I thought petting the dog would make it go away. I, I, I tried everything, and so I, you know, I talked to friends, I talked to, you know, trainers. I, I just looked for everything, and so one of the biggest problems was I didn't know how to breathe properly. And uh, I know that sounds so ridiculous. No, it's it's fun. It's go ahead, continue. I've, I've been breathing for you know thirty years here, and I haven't got it right yet. So, uh, but most people breathe from their upper chest with shallow breaths, and that actually leads to more anxiety. Um, you're not getting the proper uh, oxygen in, carbon dioxide out, and so it leads to problems. And so there was that. There was too much caffeine. There was not enough sleep. There was too much partying. There was too much work. And so I had to just change things in my life. Um, but breathing and meditation have probably had the greatest impact on the anxiety. So just slowing down. And, and all it takes is about three deep breaths when you're anxious. Um, so just in probably about six seconds, or sorry, four seconds, out for about six to eight seconds. Do that three times, and that'll really, really help. Um, if you can do that 30 times, that's 10 minutes of meditation and you'll feel great. And over time, you will calm down and become less anxious and more patient, which is something I had to overcome. I, I'm very impatient by nature. Um, I just, you know, I, I can't stand still. If, if I have to walk an extra 50 meters to get somewhere, but it, it allows me to not stand still in line, I'll do it just because I'm like a shark. I can't stop. And so for me... Um, that's just the way I'm wired and you know, the meditation and the breathing has helped me slow down and become less anxious. Are you familiar with the Wim Hof method? I don't think so. This, this would be, could be a game changer for you. It's been for me. He's, he's got 20 plus, uh, Guinness world records. He's working with world-class athletes like Alistair Overeem. Um, I heard about it first, I think through probably Tim Ferriss, um, and I've interviewed him on this series, but the man is incredible. And he's got a, a method that involves inducing acute stressors on the body, particularly through breathing exercises and then, um, and then holding your breath um, and doing a few strategic rounds of that with proper breathing form, as you mentioned. And, uh, and then the other is cold exposure. And it's, I've, I've done it with clients. For myself, it's probably, of, of the hundreds of biohacks that I researched for the book, it's had a bigger impact than anything else. And especially when you take into account like ROI, bang for the buck, mood boost, um, re- reduction in aches and pains and tightness and stiffness. Uh, the eufo- if, you just, if you just tried three rounds of it, you, you, you would notice a, 
a, a palpable difference, just a relaxation and calm that comes over you. That's, that's unlike any drug or anything else that I've tried. Is that similar to what Tony Robbins does? The cold pool, cold pool plunge first thing in the morning. It is. It's similar. Um, there's, you know, that's, there's this blanket category of cold thermogenesis and there's a lot of different ways to do it. But, um, the best in my opinion is, is doing it in a natural cold body of water, but he teaches you how to do it in your environment where you can just use the shower and, and end your showers on cold and how to breathe. Um, and it's, it's really worth checking out. I think it's, I think it's something that you and a lot of the people listening would get a lot of value from. Okay, well, I look forward to listening to that interview you did with them. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, what what made you create the Perfect Day Formula? Well, really, it's just a compendium of everything that I've put into my life that I think is really, really important and helpful. It's everything that I've studied over the years. It's everything that I use. It's everything that I've used with my coaching clients, and it's made a big difference from for them. Uh, it's really my life's work in a book and, and in the kit, and I just wanted to share with as many people as possible. I've always believed that success is a lot simpler than most people make it out to be. Uh, it doesn't matter what you want to achieve in life, whether it is gaining muscle, whether it is finding uh, a partner, whether it is building a million-dollar business. Somebody's already done it, and somebody's already written articles and made videos about it. So the blueprints are out there. And success generally, therefore, is simple. Just follow the blueprints. Now, it's not easy. You have to do a lot of work, hard work in many cases. But it's simple. Do the work. Here's the blueprint. Here's the map. Here's where you want to get to. Yes, it's uphill. Yes, it's slippery. Yes, there's rocks to climb over. Um, But you can do it because other people have done it. And that's really what my book is about. Here's how to have a great day. It's you know, doesn't uh, include sitting around in a hammock and drinking beer and, and eating pizza, but it will give you a more fulfilled life in doing that. And here's exactly how to do it because so many other people have done exactly what you want to do. Yeah, that's that's what I, I really loved about it. And I'm, I'm still digging into it more, but you found a way to take all of these pieces that most of us know are important, but it's, it's difficult to know where they should go and, and, where the most critical components and where, you know, which ones you should really focus on if, if you're short on time. And, um, and, and you provided some amazing resources with it. So I, I'm, um, I'm very appreciative and thankful for you putting this together for us. Well, I, I, you know, it's my life's work. Like I said, I mean, you couldn't have stopped me from doing it. So I'm very happy to do it. I, I want, just want to share with people, uh, because, One thing that's always driven me is just to help people become less frustrated. I always dislike it when I meet somebody who's frustrated by something, whether it's weight loss or success in their business, uh, because I know so many people who succeeded and I just want to, you know, take them by the shoulders and say, listen, here's all you have to do. Just go and do this. And so I'm just driven to help people. And that's why I put together the exact blueprint for, for the success. Well, Craig, I want to. I know you're super busy. I want to be respectful of your time. If if you've got sixty seconds for a couple rapid fire questions, I think could oh, be- love rapid fire. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Um, do you take days off? Not as much as I should. I generally, I clump them together in the summertime. I spend a lot of time in Europe in the summer. This year, I'll be like in four or five different countries, and then I'm going to the Olympics as well. So. I, I take them off in the summertime, but generally I don't, I mean, I love writing. I mean, 
I look at it this way. I mean, if somebody said to Picasso, hey, you, you should take a day off from painting, uh, you know, most people would think that the person who said that's an idiot. I mean, why would you tell Picasso to stop painting if he loves painting and his painting is so beautiful? And to me, why would anybody, why should I stop writing? Why would I not write seven days a week if I love writing and if people appreciate my writing? So why do I have to go and take a day off? I don't understand that mentality. Um, I think that the only people that really bug me to take days off are people that hate their jobs and don't like to see me happy uh, at mine. So I generally don't take a lot of days off. I take afternoons off. Um, but I don't, I like to work when people are not working and not work when people are working. I like that. It's funny. I was at the art Institute at the Picasso exhibit a couple weeks ago and there was one of, one of his quotes, which I'll probably butcher here, but he said that he said, my dream is to, is to live in the country and paint peasant life. That oh, was, nice. that was all he wanted to do. <laughs> and, uh, and he had, he lived a very simple life. They had a, a, a rendition of his bedroom and it was pretty much just like a little twin bed and a desk and a chair and some books and, and a nightstand. And that was it. Was uh, happy the simple pleasure of painting. So why can't people just be happy at the simple pleasure of the work that they do? Right? Right. Exactly. What are you willing to die for? Um, other people, certainly other people in my life, um, very select few, I would say. Favorite recent purchase under a hundred bucks? I can't remember the last time I spent over a hundred dollars on anything. Um, <laughs> I like socks, so I bought uh, some fancy socks recently. What what brand were they? Uh, I don't know, but they're like the Yonic Silver funky multicolor ones. Oh yeah, I love those. Those are my treats. So you know, I know people that buy you know three thousand dollars leather jackets. I buy uh, thirty dollars socks. <laughs> yeah. Where is um? You mentioned your upcoming vacation. Where's your favorite place you've been in the world? Oh, wonderful question. I mean, Japan is amazing because it's like being. It feels like you're on another planet because it is so strange to a North American. Yeah. Uh, so that was wonderful. Stockholm's amazing. I mean, I could just go on here forever. I don't know if. Actually, I'll, I'll say this: If I ever disappear from the internet, if all of a sudden I, you stop stop seeing articles and videos from Craig Valentine. Hunt me down in Austria. That's where you'll find me. Austria. In, in the rolling green hills of Austria. So if you ever watch Sound of Music, that, I mean, it's almost like paradise to me, that place. What, what town comes to mind when you picture the rolling green hills of Austria? Well, really, the only one that I've been to is this place called Zell am uh, So it's near Salzburg. So I've, we flew into Vienna. We drove over uh, near Salzburg to this place called Zell am you climb a mountain. At the bottom of the mountain is this giant lake. And it's just incredible. And, and uh, you know, there are farms around there. And it's so funny because they're farming these hills, but the hills are so steep. Like the, the tractor is almost tipping over on its side uh, just to, you know, harvest the, the, the grass and the hay. But, but it was amazing. They were still farming. And it's just so green, so beautiful, so pristine. Uh, you know, you looked like you could drink the water right out of the lake. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. I've never been there. I, I, I need to go. You mentioned Stockholm too. That's, that's also at the top of my list of places. I Fantastic city. Um, what historical figure do you, do you most identify with? Um, well, 
I've read this book called uh, Daily Rituals by Mason Curry. It's a yeah. fantastic book. It's great. Uh, a little, so a little bit with uh, Honor de Balzac, who would write from like one until six in the morning. Now he drank fifty cups of coffee a day, according to legend. And I've never had a cup of coffee in my life, but I do. Anybody in that book, and I, I basically, I went through that book like three times and separated people into different categories about the early morning risers. So anybody that writes early in the morning, um, and, and whether it's writing or composing, like uh, Beethoven was an early morning composer, uh, and also people that would go for long walks like Charles Dickens, uh, Chopin, um, Charles Darwin, they would go for long walks and get really big ideas in the afternoon. So I, I just, you know, connect with anybody that rode in the morning and walked in the afternoon. And actually one more uh, modern day person would be Stephen King because he writes, uh, he, you know, when you're having your breakfast, Stephen King is writing horror stories about, you know, pet cemeteries. So it's pretty funny. He writes from nine until one every day. And so all those crazy stories that you read, the nightmares that you get from them, He's writing them while you're eating breakfast. Yeah, Stephen King is amazing and probably one of the best living writers we have today. Craig, what would what would you recommend to someone who's ready to to own the day and, and take control of their life? They you know they like what you've been saying about the perfect day formula, and I absolutely love this system that you put together. Where's the best place for them to go to check that out? Uh, go to go to perfectdayformula.com and watch the video of everything that's in the kit that I put together. So I made this cool little video. I unbox it. So it's my only unboxing video on the internet, which I know are really popular videos these days, but at perfectdayformula.com, they'll see everything about it and see why it's such an amazing structure for setting up their day to be so successful. And for someone that's just looking to, to take that first step, maybe they, they know that they're, they're living that reactionary life and the, the idea of, of diving into the system right now seems like a lot to them, but they know and they, they know they need to do something. What would, what would you say to that person? Wake up five to 15 minutes earlier tomorrow and work on your number one priority in life. Do that every day for the next three weeks and you will be so far ahead of the game. You'll be so stoked that you'll integrate the rest of the system into it. <laughs> Craig, this has been a lot of fun. I, I really appreciate your time. I know you're incredibly busy and, um, and what you've created here is really something special. Um, and I had a lot of fun with the rapid fire questions too. <laughs> I love rapid fire because I say some of the stupidest things. Uh, like yesterday I did a rapid fire one and someone asked me if I could just drink one drink for the rest of my life, what would it be? And I admitted that it'd be Coke Zero, which is, you know, like, but I said, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone on the podcast. Right? I, now, the thing is, I don't drink them, but if I could drink them forever and, you know, it wouldn't be unhealthy, I would drink Coke Zero. So that's uh, my damaging admission for the day. Oh, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for, for being open and honest about that. If people want to keep up with you and what you're working on and what you've got coming out, what's the best way for them to do that? One one way is go to earlyarise.com and check out our daily essays. I mean, we put out the best wisdom, not just from, you know, I write one essay a week, but we get essays from the best writers in the world. And it's just really good stuff on improving your health, wealth, and your wisdom. And then if anybody just wants to send me a note, a quick note, the best way to do that is actually on Twitter of all places. Uh, that's the easiest way for me to get back to somebody is twitter.com forward slash Craig Ballantyne. 
Craig, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you. I thank you. And um, I'm, I'm excited to dive even deeper into the perfect day formula. Always great to catch up with you, Anthony. I love seeing you, man. So uh, talk to you soon, my friend. Take care, brother. Thank you again. This episode is brought to you by the Earth Pulse PEMF Sleep on Command device. If you're looking for better sleep, enhanced mitochondrial function, improved performance, and accelerated recovery, I highly recommend you check out the Earth Pulse. Within the first week of sleeping on my Earth Pulse, I was seeing improved exercise performance, delayed onset of fatigue. I noticed more energy during my workouts, and I was able to break the three-minute mark on a static breath hold. I now sleep on my Earth Pulse PEMF, which stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Field device every single night. I have the one that has two coils. One goes under your pillow, one goes under your mattress, and I take it with me when I travel. I don't leave home without it. Every time I use my Earth Pulse, I wake up feeling clearer, calmer, and more energized. And I can tell the difference if I skip using it for a few nights. What's even cooler is it's incredibly easy to use. I just put it in manual mode, set it to 9.6 hertz, and about 15 minutes before my alarm is going to go off. And that's it. It's very easy, just a couple buttons, and the performance-enhancing benefits are profound. To learn more about the Earth Pulse and check out some of the scientific literature, you can go to biohackingsecrets.com forward slash Earth Pulse. That's biohackingsecrets.com forward slash E-A-R-T-H-P-U-L-S-E. This episode is brought to you by adrenalquiz.com. If you're concerned about your stress levels and how they might be affecting your health, I highly suggest you head over to adrenalquiz.com. Adrenalquiz.com is an easy-to-use tool for calculating and evaluating different stress-related systems and the effect they have on your body. It's also the first step in understanding how to reset your adrenals to lose weight, maximize your performance, and increase energy. I was absolutely floored when I took the quiz and realized how stressed my body actually was. And since following the program, I've noticed great improvements in my energy, my focus, and just feel like I've experienced an overall physical and psychological reset. So if you're ready to let go of stress and reset your body, I encourage you to check out adrenalquiz.com. That's A-D-R-E-N-A-L quiz.com.